Hello and welcome to Orange is the New Cast. It's the officially unofficial podcast for Netflix's hit Orange is the New Black television series. I'm your host, Aaron, and joining me this week again, once again, is Pialani. How are you doing, Pialani? I'm doing great. Aloha, everyone. How are you all? Uh, for the fans of us, the fans of us, the fans <laughs> of all of us, you, you our be, fans. <laughs> uh, our fans who are just joining us is what I was trying to spit out. Uh, tell them a little bit about yourself. I know you had a very busy weekend with Comic-Con and Walker Stalker stuff going out on the West Coast. Yes. Yeah, so I am based out on the West Coast. Um, I, For those of you who are Bald Move fans, you've heard me on the Because Show a couple times. Um, Amy and Susan are my girls. I also have a blog called Diversity Nerd where I talk about all the fun stuff that I do in my life, such as, um, as you can probably hear in my voice, I have a little con fatigue rolling. Con crud. It's it's not con crud. It's just fatigue. So knock on whatever wood I have near me. Uh, (laughs) I did spend two days at San Diego Comic-Con, which is overwhelming and amazing and um, smelly in many ways. Sure. Because there were a lot of people camping out for those Hall H panels this weekend. That's a 24-hour con, right? It it feels like it. You know, the doors close, but there are oh. activities going on around everything. So, okay. um, you know, it's video games, it's comics, it's movies, it's television. And, like, you know, they had the Batman and Superman premiere of the pilot. Um, I just saw that trailer last night. Yeah, ton of stuff with, I mean, obviously DC because Marvel didn't post for this one. Star Wars, that little movie coming out at Christmas time. Mm-hmm. It was – uh, just the line for Hall H was, you know, people were camping out days in advance. It was incredible. Um, so, yeah, that was really fun. And then I did get to actually moderate a couple panels at our friend um, Walker Stalker's Fan Fest that they actually did at Petco Park, which is right down the street from San Diego Comic Con. Um, I got to talk to Tyler James Williams, um, Irony Singleton, and the very hot Andrew J. West, which uh, they didn't tell me about until about five minutes before the panel. So thankfully, I was able to talk about the Gareth episodes as if I actually did some research. (laughs) But it was really fun. It was on Petco Field, like above the dugout on the first base line, which – and I love baseball. So I was Mm -hmm. completely geeking out over that. I'm also a fan of The Walking Dead. So it was sort of like overload for me. The next, I could hardly contain myself. Sure. Yeah. Super fun. Well, I'm glad. Uh, ho- hopefully, you won't. This the fatigue will not develop into full blown co- concrud. You should say like uh, I don't know, ten hail normas. Okay, and, sure. Uh, yeah. you know, just just ward out anything. Have they, <laughs> have they created any sort of holy water yet? So I don't know. Maybe I could like drink some norma water. Maybe it's it's the Chang tea, the Chang feet oh, tea. That's the holy the, water. The Chang foot tea is terrifying. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm Asian. And I still was grossed out at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, shit. I was hoping, you know, I was hoping that you would be my my resource for all things Asian happening this episode. Damn it, I know. damn it. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, this is for episode seven hundred nine. Should have probably said this at the beginning. Uh, where my dreidel at? Yo, yo, where my dreidel at? And my dreidel at? What did you think? So, so real quick, what did you think of the episode? And kind of briefly, what do you think of the season leading into this episode? Where, where, how is your feelings as far as it's good, it's bad, you're bored, you're excited? Uh, I'm definitely not bored. Although I will say this episode seems to be leading up to something that's not good. I, yes. I, I watched it the first time and I went. I looked back at my list. I'm like, damn it. I have to talk about this one mm-hmm. because my stomach was really in knots at the end of it. I just felt uncomfortable and uh, 
the whole thing with the correction officer donut and mm-hmm. Pensatucky just was really I was like, oh no, they're not going to go there, are they? Um, so-, so this episode was like bleh to me. It just ugh, made me feel sick a little. All right, um, I liked it, and I was not. I I guess I wasn't sure exactly where they were going with the Doggett Coats thing. I mean. Yes, it did look like it's going dark. Um, and then they in the final scene, they made it seem like she's very uncomfortable with what's going on. But until then, I was like, are they going with like some kind of Fifty Shades of Orange type <laughs> situation with like a weird master slave relationship? And also, kind of like, are they really going to the uh, CO's raping inmates well again? Because that this is it, as far as inappropriate relationships go i think this is now the fourth one in three seasons and um, mm-hmm. i don't know kelly and i were debating this in the last episode whether that is underselling how bad um the sexual harassment between guards and prisoners is or underselling it or what but um yeah it was it, there's a lot of uncomfortable things happening here yeah, I'm sure that Kelly had some opinions about the gender dynamics going on because oh, of course. If you think about Pensatucky, she tends to be a strong, strong character, and yet when she's operating with coats, she has she loses her power at the end of this episode, mm. and and it was really uh, disheartening. So I'm I haven't watched ahead because I'm one of those podcasters that can't do that. I have to stay oh, sure to interesting. the material. Yeah, interesting. I, so I'm like, let's record today. Let's record today. <laughs> I want to finish this damn series. Man, and, that's yeah, that's some self control. I hope we're on schedule because, uh, like I said, I'll be in Ball Move Studios at the end of July. But I don't know with this one-week hiatus, we may not be able to do the wrap-up at that time. Well, I think the majority um, – I, I know that uh, I think maybe Susan and Amy are in the same boat as you. But everybody else has watched ahead. So, like, if we could get a quorum – if it's, even if it's just you, me, and Cecily, we could still – wrap up the podcast um, yeah bring yeah. jim and, in and make it, him talk about a show he doesn't know about <laughs> <laughs> even if there's a even if there's like a yeah another week to go i think we could probably record the the reaction cast in advance but anyway okay. um we do have a podcast on we, 309 right we do and it opens up with a pantytage um of of kind of like the 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 sprawl and scope of the panty prison panty um not yeah, laundering. It's the opposite of laundering. The de-laundering scheme that, that Piper's cooked up. Ew, yes. Uh, some of my favorite moments were Piper sucking the air out with a straw and, you know, sucking it out of the, you know, the vacuum seal it, prison vacuum seal it. Um, yeah. <laughs> the giant panty bulge the baby face was rocking. Like, you think of, like, last year how uncomfortable Bennett was smuggling in stuff into his little leg cavity where no yeah. one would ever think to look. And this guy is just rocking this <laughs> enormous panty bulge in his pants because he can think of no smoother way of, of smuggling this shit out. Right. And no one's looking at his crotch, right? And the, not he baby like face. Yeah, yeah. He could be a kind yeah. doll down there for, for all <laughs> intents and purposes. True. Um, then we have a scene of the ladies discussing the finer points of Suzanne's sexual odyssey, the Rod Cocker space opera that she's working on. I know. It's, it's so interesting. And you watch Suzanne. Like she, in the beginning, she doesn't seem to know how to take all the feedback. And people are just flocking to her. You know, They're so excited. It's like she's J.K. JK Rowling and fans are just going nuts over her. Yes. And I felt like at first she didn't know really how to react to it. But then that... That quickly changed in this episode. Yeah, I think that uh, I had the same note that she seems to have arrived at a new level of confidence in her authorial 
uh, role um, mm-hmm. because, you know, at first it was really nice that, hey, someone's reading my thoughts. And then it's like, oh, my God, now people have opinions about it. What am I going to do? Mm-hmm. And she seems to have, uh, you know, embraced it now. Yeah. Yeah. You know what we didn't mention? The fact that Andrew McCarthy directed this episode. Ah, uh, yes. Does that thrill you to no end? Um. I totally not into it. (laughs) Well, he did. He did one last season. And I remember being impressed this and this season, I was not doing the whole writer director thing because um, because I I feel like no one cares. And like Jim makes fun of me every single time. I'm like, wait, I got to find out who he's like. Oh, yes, I care. <laughs> okay, well, if one person cares, then maybe I need to bring it back. I've been doing it for most well, of the other. I'll others. bring it up when I record with you because I, I always find it interesting. To right, see right, direct. yeah, but yeah, we had the and plus the True Detective because it was kind of when we were doing season oh. one, it never uh-huh. changed, so it, I, I kind of got out of the habit. So yeah, no, Andrew McCarthy, um, uh, the, the um, the Pretty in Pink, Sixteen Candles, Saint Elmo's Fire, Saint Elmo's Fire, and, yeah, you know, the classic Weekend at Bernie's. Yes. I forgot about that one. Speaking of True Detective season two. Right? right. Um, yeah, no, I uh, I thought uh, he did a fine job here. Yeah, I actually really like his directing in this series. Um, although I'll say that I I wanted to see who the writer was because the way this um, episode was written felt more like a play than a television episode. Interesting. How so? Well, I felt, especially the rabbi scenes, um, Mm. that just felt very much like something you would do on stage. You know, I could just see it sort of like the rabbi, you know, stage left and then the character stage right and they just changed the lighting. And so every time the light came back on stage right, you would see a different actor or actress there. Oh, gotcha. It kind of felt like that that sense. And it turns out that the writer actually has a very strong playwriting background. Mm. Um, And this is his, I think it's a him, it's Jordan. So it's sort of gender neutral name. Mm -hmm. But if I remember from a photograph, I think it was a, a man. And um, this is his first episode as sort of a, a staff writer. I'm sorry, first season as a staff writer on this show. So anyhow. He's one of those assistant guys before? I don't know if he was brought in as an assistant or an actual writer, but I think this may hit be his first episode. So Yeah. No, that's interesting. Because I, I think they do like to do stuff, those little montages, for lack of a better word. I, I feel like that there's probably a lot of improv that goes in there. I hope so. You know, yeah, yeah. So much talent on this show. Sure. Um, so, anyhow, sorry, I I just had to talk about Andrew McCarthy because he was so dreamy back in the Brat Pack days. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And then I did check the writer just because I said I thought it was really interesting the way this show felt more like a play to hmm. me as I was watching it. Uh, we do have setting up the scene that you're alluding to. The rabbi comes in to examine the seventy women who are keeping kosher now in prison. <laughs> Which causes Black Cindy to opine, oy vey, uh, as Danny and Caputo, which is a light Caputo episode. This is the only scene he and Danny have. They argue about the gray areas around the Bill of Rights. Everybody's always trying to find those gray areas. Um, and It's very corporate, right? It's it sort is. of there are rules, but corporate seems to find a way to bend the rules to their liking sure sure so sure. do we like do we like danny do we like berbergulia's character i can't decide if i like him or not is I, he an ass i he's definitely an ass and and kelly was over it um but i find i don't know i i find a little sympathy in a guy who's clearly promoted you know it's like the, the peter principle he's promoted one level beyond his own level of competence and also you got some nepotism thrown in there mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you know and and i thought last episode showed us a good example of him trying to do 
you know, it's like you, you think he's this pushover, but he actually gets to the board and he tries to do a lot of the stuff that uh, Caputo is is wanting him to do. And he just, right. you know, he just can't stand up to his his old man, it doesn't seem like. But right. And, so it's and like he's... It's, it's hard to hate him, though, because he's got that baby face and and, you know, the the kind of soup, not even superficial charm. It's He's trying to be superficially charming. He just doesn't have the innate charisma for it. Right. And he's a good foil for Caputo because as much as we hated Caputo before, it feels like maybe we're not going to hate him so much this season. So. Yeah. And that's something like I, uh, I feel like Uh-oh. some uh, Kelly's analysis has ruined the show for me because she's <laughs> like, cause this is like the first Gingy Cohen thing that I've ac- actually consumed. I know that the gym has watched all of weeds and yeah. I watched him kind of grow dissatisfied with it as he was yes, watching we talked it. About that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I feel like that, you know, it's one thing that, Kelly said is that one of the Gingy Cohen uh, quirks is that she likes to character assassinate and then rebuild and recontextualize and assassinate. And so sometimes, so I, I, I'm now seeing some of this stuff as less character growth and more just the pendulum swing where they're at. Like now we're supposed to really like Caputo and maybe another episode down the line, we'll find out that no, actually, he doesn't have a valid excuse for being kind of a creepy shit heel with a heart of gold. And, you know, <laughs> it's like it's weirdly like, I don't know, just that knowledge of that type of storytelling has made me kind of on guard and looking for it now. Yeah. But yeah, I was. I don't know how much tolerance we have for that, though. That seems. Um... Well, that's the other thing about the, the Gingy stuff is that it does seem like she starts off strong and then it keeps it kind of wanes. But. Having said that, I think that season three was is is so far and continues to be really strong. Mm-hmm. So maybe she can, uh, maybe 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 she'll avoid that, or maybe she'll make it fresh or something. I don't know. Or maybe I just yeah. won't be as annoyed because it's this is the first thing I've actually seen her do. Yeah, I love that you're giving her the benefit of the doubt. I'm trying, so that's man. Good, Aaron. I'm trying. Yeah. I'm I like trying. it. I like it because because the the hate that I bring on So So and Alex and Piper is real. I got to <laughs> balance it out with a little bit of, a little bit of love. I know, poor so-so. We get an example of a Norma-style Scientology audit where she just kind of (laughs) looks deep in their eyes and gives them some shoulder squeezes. And Pusey uh, opines that there's just not enough Norma to go around because you see that she's got a flock now. Mm -hmm. She does. There's so much religion in this season, and especially, obviously, this episode. Um, Yeah, they're all looking for something, right? Searching for some sort of quote-unquote truth. Which that makes sense. Like I know that Absolutely. religion is a big thing in prison. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and I thought it was funny how when I saw some of the preseason, you know, um, press materials and marketing material, that there was a lot of like religious imagery in it. And I'm mm-hmm. like, huh, that's interesting. They're going kind of with that angle. Um, mm-hmm. But I didn't suspect it. It was going to be one of the central themes of the the season. Yeah, and it's I like that they have a lot of diversity in the religion religion that they're showing. Sure. Um, and I don't know a lot about some that are referenced in this episode. That was so that was fun. It was fun to sort of hear our religions you don't hear about all the time. And you know, the Amish thing, when I realized what was going on, um, I thought, oh, well, this will be a fun thing to look at and see what they're doing there. And I don't know if fun is the right word at the end of the episode, but <laughs> right. I was really curious about what they were going to do, um, especially when you know we're getting into the the Leanne backstory here. So, sure. Um, and that's, uh, yeah, the, the, essentially the Normaites, as I'm going to call them, get run off by the <laughs> charismatic Catholics, uh, because they don't have a belief system or a name. Um, and they're, you're not taken seriously as a religion, which 
Leanne stands up and kind of eloquently states the tenets of, of Normaism. You know, it's kindness and acceptance and finding the peace within that you can radiate out in the world. And it sounds really good, but, you know, again, um, it's like any any religion. You start off as a kooky cult and then give it a couple hundred years, and uh, then you're established mainstream. But they don't have a couple hundred years in prison. No, they sure don't. They have three to five, probably. They Yes, they need a meeting space right now in this goddamn... Uh, mm-hmm. chapel and they're they're getting denied it uh which, yeah, which brings us up to the leanne flashback i'm sorry go what i was just gonna say i can't help but think that normaites is actually something that people use for Rita's fans so <laughs> i don't know if i can use that's, that one for no, this no, no, i've got a mush mouth but that is a normanite not I a know. normaite so it's like stalagmite versus stalactite it's it's I it's hated subtle that. It, i hated that in science <laughs> class jesus aaron uh i'll see i i'm 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 all about the spelunking so <laughs> i know you are i'm all about that uh this leads to leanne flashback where she's yeah. doing and dealing drugs with other amish kids on rumspriga which if you're not oh. familiar with is um a fairly enlightened policy that the amish have where before a, a child comes of age and chooses whether they're going to be baptized and confirmed within the religion, they are they are um, given a a hall pass essentially to go out and sow wild oats and to sample the delights of the world and then to embrace the Amish lifestyle with full knowledge of what they're giving up. Mm-hmm. Um, which you know I've got a lot of complex feelings about the Amish, but I think that's actually pretty cool of them. I think so too. Although I thought that Rumspringa, they were much younger when they went through it. These kids felt like they were late teens. I thought you'd do this at like 14. No, um, I don't so. think it's, um, I don't think there's a, so I know a little bit more about the Amish than the average person because I, I dated a girl whose grandmother was full-blown Amish. Oh, but she wasn't on her Rumspringa? No, she was, oh, this This is like a third, this is like the two generations ago, and she was just okay. a weird old lady that sat in the corner with her bonnet. Um, <laughs> and she grew up in LaGrange County, Indiana. Yep. Her father actually was the sheriff of an Amish county. Uh, so he had to deal with a lot of this, you know, 18, 19, 20-year-olds running drugs and doing doing, doing crazy-ass shit. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, the the elders kind of want to deal with this internally. And, I mean, that's that's the problem is... Um, as, as the, the gap between the Amish and the normal people get wider and wider, Rumspringa starts to become a worse and worse idea. Cause like, you know how bad kids mm. sometimes fuck up going to college, like the first time you're away from mom and dad. And that's right. kids that are allowed to drive and allowed to have worldly parties and dress. Cre- you, you take a person that's not worn buttons, uh, and never, and, and, and is unfamiliar with motor motor vehicles and you just basically throw them the keys to the world a lot of times bad stuff happens yeah beyond zipper accidents bad things happen indeed indeed yeah yeah um okay good to know but yeah so the kids are kind of like talking about you know there's the standard stoner talk of this is the real world and everything else is fake and bullshit but it seems like leanne seems to think that this is a pretty hollow shallow way of existence which Honestly, that's kind of my opinion on it, too. Yeah, I thought that was good to see because she starts out as she's a dealer, you know, not just hanging out and partying. She's actually dealing drugs. And I went, wow, I didn't expect that for some reason. 
Um, and then she show her sort of at the end of this first scene, looking at herself, saying, "This is really fucked up. Like mm-hmm. I'm, this is not me. I, I don't want to do this anymore." Yeah, and she's um, she, and it was genuine. You know, she really was like, "Okay, I'm done. I'm ready to go home." Yes, literally. Yes, and she does. She stashes her worldly clothes and her drugs in a little rainbow. My Little Pony type of uh, backpack, and she stashes that in a cornfield, and she she walks home at the end of this flashback. Yeah, in her very pink Amish outfit and bonnet. It was very <laughs> pink. Um, so Sophia and Gloria fight over so, uh, Sophia's son Michael being arrested um, off camera, and apparently he and Benny, who is uh, Gloria's son, beat the crap out of some kid. He might even be blind. It's a severe, severe beating. And Sophia says, I raised a sweet boy, now he's a thug, and your son can find his own ride. Uh, I don't know what to say about this particular scene, because as I was talking last episode, Michael being evil has kind of come out of nowhere. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they did a good job of essentially wanting us as the audience to blame Benny so much that I'm not sure I buy... Michael doing this heel turn, although I know that happens all the time. Like good kids from good families just sometimes turn out to be bad seeds or through whatever combination of peer pressure and influence or whatever they're reading on the internet or in books or watching on television, just it goes bad. So, yeah, I mean, he's 15 years old. So there's the whole, you know, trying to develop who you are as a an, a an eventual adult it's that it's the hormones it's the pressure it's the my mom has a boyfriend my dad is now my second mom and I mean, he's in a prison lot. i guess and, that's true and she's in prison right so there's a lot for michael to deal with but i think just being 15 kind of fucks you up as you're developing uh, yeah and i guess even though he is from more of a middle class upbringing um it, it feels like the, i i imagine that a 15 year old boy in his position, you know, he's probably getting a lot of guff from school uh, mm-hmm. about his dad being his mom and being in prison. And, and maybe that has turned him more hard and defensive. Right. And imagine, you know, he was talking about the other boy whose name is escaping me sort of looking at him. Yeah. And so Michael doesn't want to appear to be gay. Yeah. Right. right. He's it to the nth degree. And then he's trying to be hard. There's a, I mean, I think there it, it was sudden, and I I bought it. I thought, okay, yeah, okay. that could happen, definitely. All right. Um, but it's causing a lot of friction because, you know, this is something that Gloria has been worried all season long about. Her son turning out to be bad and needing mm-hmm. to have an influence in her life, and this is her only lifeline, this car ride that uh, uh, Michael's family was given her son. So mm-hmm. we will see how this develop. Um, Did you notice the knife in Gloria's hand? Uh, no. Was it... Was it a particular knife? Was it <laughs> no? But it was a, a blade that can cut you. Oh sure, okay. Yeah. I thought, yeah, I yeah. did notice the knife that she had in her hand. But I thought, like, maybe there was some kind of like that was the knife she used to cut chickens in her voodoo ceremony back Ooh. in the house. I thought you were going somewhere like, ooh, a deep cut. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. No, I wasn't going that deep, but I just thought Gloria's pretty hot tempered, and I thought, oh no. Yeah. I hope that she doesn't try to do anything because. Sophia is still, you know, six feet tall and outweighs her by a lot. And so sure. despite the fact you have a blade when you've got someone who's that much bigger than you, it's it's not easy to um, really attack and uh, be successful. So anyhow, I'm glad she didn't cut her, but I was curious. Yeah, because I, I don't think Benny would do very well with his mom and Supermax. 
No. And that's so that's definitely a tension of if she snaps and because you know they've been quick to send people up the hill yeah. this, she this would season. Be with, she would be with Nikki though. Oh well, that's true. Although I don't think they were ever BFFs. Yeah. They're from the wrong ethnicity, then you know we're talking about how right. segmented all that is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Pentateki tries to put some professional boundaries between her and Coates <laughs> because not because she's unappreciative of his attention thus far, but because you know the point of we're in prison. This is a, a thing that. Uh, well, it's illegal, but it seems like more like just frowned upon in in Litchfield uh, to have a relationship. So, kind of like you know, keep it keep it cool. And yeah, she's politically savvy about what that looks like to yeah. her fellow inmates. And she can see the Latina girls that are unloading stuff at the kitchen, kind of giving them the eyeball, like what the hell's going on here. So mm-hmm. savvy move on her part. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But you can tell it kind of hurts Coates' feelings. Uh, the girls are discussing Judy King, which is the well, celeb. Oh, I'm sorry. Well- I'm sorry. What about the red velvet backlash? They kept referring to those kinds of things. I was so like, what? This, this joke, was what? this was uh, O'Neill going crazy about uh, <laughs> red velvet donuts and how morally yes. opposed he is to their existence, which I, you know, I mean, I think ye- glazed yeast is the one true donut and everything else is apostasy. Uh, <laughs> but I don't feel that strong. I mean, occasionally I'll have a bear claw. Or I'll have okay. oh. uh, uh, an eclair or or something. I'll, I'll I'll stray from the path. I'm not a yeah. I'm not a fundamental donut fundamentalist, but O'Neill is. One step at a time. Yeah, one step at a time, Aaron. Be careful with those bear claws. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They add a little. Yeah, there's there are almonds involved. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So I yeah, don't know. just like over the red velvet backlash. I get it. You know, they were overhyped and they were the thing for a while. Um, there's a place in L.A. that has blue velvet cupcakes. Oh my or god. Something. Yes. And I mean, this is a couple years ago now, but I have never made it down there to try them. It's the same thing. They use blue food coloring. Whatever. Oh, sure. So you get the yeah. you get the green poops the next day. Oh, that's I I don't know for a fact. <laughs> blue, but I imagine blue food coloring happens. equals green poops. I'm just okay. I've, I've had a lot of little kid birthday cakes. One last year was a mine, <laughs> Minecraft theme, had a lot of blue. And, and I had some some uh, un, I had some unnatural, not natchy uh, poops going on for for the day or two afterwards. That's so much information. Too much information. Have. Yeah, but uh, maybe we'll put that in the show notes so people be they're sure to to tune into this. Do one. you have blue poops? Send your photos in too. No, don't, 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 no, don't do don't, that, please, don't. please. I don't need to see that. Going to. Although it, the fact that Jim gets the orange and new black email, and and the idea that all this blue poop would start coming in her inbox is almost worth it to to get a blue poop drive going. Because oh he'd be like, what the fuck? How can I make this stop? <laughs> um, but no, no, please. Let's not do that. Uh, yeah, so the girls are discussing Judy King, who is the <sighs> Paula Deen-esque character, who's, or Martha Stewart, kind Martha of a combination Stewart. of the two yeah, that's, that's yeah. being investigated. And they're excited about her going to prison. Um, <laughs> while Leanne is kind of whipping the Normaites into taking some rules, getting some rules jotted down so that everyone can be taken seriously. Mm-hmm. So, and then there's, you got this contention between Soso, who's kind of more intuitive about getting the whole Norma vibe with, with Leanne who wants to take it seriously. And she is attacked because Soso is, is, was late showing up and kind of irreverent. And Leanne doesn't like that. She attacks her lack of commitment, including not being 100% Asian. Thoughts? I know. I, <laughs> The first time I saw that, I didn't – I wasn't tuned into the fact that Leanne needed structure, right? That's really what she was going for. Like she really wanted some sort of grounding with this 
Church of Norma. Um, and I thought she just attacked Soso. It was so violent. It was so horrible. And I had to watch the episode again to sort of understand why. But I was like, damn, Leanne, what is going on? That's so evil. You know, can't commit to saving the planet. Couldn't commit to eating pussy. Yeah. Couldn't commit to being 100% Asian, which I get was a joke. But, man, it was just harsh. <laughs> it's brutal. But I've yeah. got some I've got some complicated thoughts on Brooke that we'll get to here. Like, okay, yeah, I, I, I almost made me feel sorry for her. It's so close. But, uh, oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, My Asian sister. <laughs> Hopefully I can defend her. <laughs> uh this is this this leads us to another asian flashback where she gets baptized by a the amish version of a young rasputin it was uh, an amish flashback not an asian flashback yes it is a, a, it's a fully fully amish flashback 100 yes, yes. percent amish uh she says a mess of words which i thought was a little anachronistic that she's mm-hmm. just going to leave the the dutch the 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 pennsylvania dutch the german uh kind of pigeon speak to to kind of talk street lingo to the congregation Mm -hmm. but you know whatever i I do like the fact that they took a non-sequitur from earlier in the season where she just busted out some german uh Mm -hmm. at and they've they've made it kind of pay off which i thought was cool Mm -hmm. um and she talks about how the other rumspringers say that they that the amish live in a prison but this is where i feel free and wouldn't you know it she stepped outside and there's some police officers with a rainbow uh, you know, Care yeah. Bears backpack and a pair of handcuffs were. I know, but th- she did say the funniest line to me of the episode, which is when she says, "I mean, who doesn't like zippers?" I yeah, thought it was funny. Yeah, I mean, that's and the that- thing because I, I, I think a lot of people have some wrong ideas about how the Amish view technology, or like that uh-huh. they don't believe in. And no, no, it's not. It's it's not that at all. It's their their rejection of technological convenience is more of a self reliance and an and a non-laziness thing that they they certainly see the value of technology and they like Amish are very for forwards thinking about mental health mm-hmm. like they're all about mm-hmm. yeah um therapy and you know taking drug and 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 they're all about like you know whatever scientific advancement that'll save your life because life to them is sacred but and and also like uh, there's been cases where uh an Amish man will lose his arm and the elders will get together and decide that he needs a tractor because he can no longer, you know, the, to kind of balance the playing field. That even, you know, him doing his utmost and not being lazy, he still can't provide for his family. So we need to buy him a tractor. Yeah. So it's not as rigid as people like to make it out. Um, yeah, and it's very reasonable in terms of what do they need to support the family and the community. Yeah, yeah. and so, that's that's yeah. the other thing. They're all about community. Like, you mm-hmm, know, there are not mm-hmm. Amish homeless people. And yeah, homeless. I have a lot of respect for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's, like I said, I'm not. I'm not on board with a lot of their stuff, uh, certainly, but but I think that, um, you know, that was interesting because I think that that's a lot of things that Amish would actually find amusing. Like, yeah, I kind of, you know, we we wouldn't mind a zipper. Right, it's funny. Once I in a while, it was funny. Yeah, yeah, or Velcro. Velcro might be nice. Although oh, I think they might yeah. be down with Velcro. I don't know. Okay, uh, really noisy too, though. I don't know. That's true. They seem like a quiet people. <laughs> um. Yeah, so let's see. We're moving on to, to to to. She got busted for the drugs. Um, Red's very defensive about the new cooking regime. That's <laughs> another through line running throughout the episode. She no. makes these pronouncements about like, uh, you know, like any good chef in a in a well run restaurant. She likes to go around and ask how people are enjoying. <laughs> except for she's the opposite. She just like, look, I didn't do 
I, I, I just cut a bag and pour the slop out. This in no way reflects my abilities as a chef. She's very self-conscious about it. Yeah, and I didn't like it, but it was very much a stage play tool, mm. right? Where the character walks in and says the same joke, you know, every other scene. Or I just felt like, okay, uh, I didn't like seeing Red do this because it's very out of her character. Really? I, felt. I yeah. thought... I it's weird because I bought it from, you know, that she was so looking forward to getting. Yeah. okay Yeah. Yeah. Getting this piece of authority back and kind of then, you know, it's like I'm just going to run the kitchen and I'm going to do what I did, but I'm going to stay out of the whole like black market graph and just serve my time. This will be great. And yeah, then she I gets, thought she would go internal with it and not tell everybody. Or I thought I thought one way it could go is like she would find a way to make this prison stuff work. Like yeah. she would rise and, and maybe that we still have time left that she'll rise to the challenge that like you're going to give me these shit ingredients. Well, uh-huh. I'm going to show you I'm going to make some kind of awesome uh-huh. goulash. But She's so far, a top chef. Yeah. 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 And like with the mystery basket, it's the mystery bag and then turn it into this gourmet meal that the three chefs get to judge. Your mystery, okay. mystery ingredient is beef Wellington slurry. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. She, um, but yeah, she her spirit seems to be broken. Uh, Suzanne's besieged by questions from her fans, but she gets extra jello, and she reveals the uh, inspiration for Admiral Rodcocker is C. O. Donaldson. <laughs> I know that was so funny. Which I can yeah. see; he's a solid slab of man. Sure, he's, got that craggy face. Manly, yeah. He's he's very masculine. Looks like um, he might be packing twin penises. Yeah. Well, I didn't <laughs> go there, but okay. Yeah. Um. Still in the cafeteria, Alex invites Lolly over, trying to befriend her, sitting, sitting at the table with Yoga Jones and, and Morello. And Lolly evades all of her trying to get to know you, know you questions, except for the ones that will make Alex be even more suspicious of her motives. Um, yeah. And everyone, then she leaves, and everyone agrees that she's kind of bitching crazy. Not a big Alex fan. Not a big fan of this plot line. Do you have anything to say about it? My only note in it is says, Lolly is creepy. I didn't put any other context around it. I I think Lori Petty is playing it in a very creepy way, I, so that's good. But I don't like Alex. I do like the fact that she now has something to point her paranoia to directly versus yeah. just sort of looking around all the time and suspecting everything. Yeah. Um, but I, I – yeah, I don't really care that much about this story. It just drives me crazy that it, it seems like this paranoia seems so unjustified, mm-hmm. and now they're making it justified. And I'm like, Really? It's more interesting for her to actually be justifiably paranoid in this minimum security women's prison than her just to be uh, a neurotic twat. I mean, I I don't know that I feel like that's true. Yeah, no, she's not interesting, period. Yeah. I don't care if she's paranoid or not. She's beautiful to look at, but who cares about that? Sure, sure. Uh, we are treated to a Hebrew-tage now. Uh, where the the rabbi is grilling the seventy women keeping kosher about their their Jewishness, and mm-hmm. I don't know about you, I thought the funniest thing was Sister Ingalls just kind of crushing it. I know by by falling back on her Old Testament knowledge. Um, yeah, she's so I got this. I got those kosher meals in my belly because <laughs> I know the Bible. That's right. She was fantastic. Yeah, the the renter rabbi conversations um, potentially could have been really funny. And, you know, and that's the thing, like, I'm not a big Woody Allen fan. I've never seen yeah. Annie Hall. So a lot of this Black Cindy stuff just went over my head, which I'm sure, yeah. like, if you knew the references, it was a lot funnier than it was. 
Um, and then the rabbi at the end said, I hear Mandy Patinkin or Pat Patinkin. Yes, Patinkin can be difficult to work with, which I thought was hilarious because I love Mandy <laughs> on Homeland. I love him on Princess Bride. But he did somewhere around the like Chicago Hope era get this reputation of being just a dick to work with. And I I started doing some research because like that I was like, oh, yeah, that was actually a thing. And. I see him acknowledging being difficult to work with, yeah. but I, I never found like a, he threw a phone book at an assistant once or he screamed uh-huh. or he refused to come out of his trip. I, I don't know what the definition of him being difficult to work with is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know whether it was going from film to TV and he's just getting cranky in his older Plus he's age. like a, a, a classically trained like oh, yeah. stage actor. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, and that could go either way. You got the like silly guys like Patrick Stewart who are super easy to work with, and yes. and then you've got the you know arch thespian guys that uh, are super hard, like like the guy from Birdman that Ed Norton plays, uh, oh, who's yeah. just like an, an impossible to deal with. But mm-hmm. anyway. Uh, Alita, still in the cafeteria, is stirring shit between Gloria and Sophia using some pretty focused transphobia mm-hmm. um which you know is kind of interesting to see just that naked you don't you don't at least i don't in my circle of friends hear that kind of that shit i see it on the internet but i don't actually hear it and seeing it coming out of someone's mouth is uncomfortable yes i really you know i hear it um i don't know why i i am exposed to a lot of that maybe it's just the nature of my work but i like that gloria put her relationship with her son in front of that sort of hate speak, mm-hmm. you know, and, and was able to say, no, my goal is to see my son, you know, Benny, I want time with him. I've got to figure out a way to make that happen, regardless of anyone's feelings about Sophia and Sophia being transgender. I thought that was good. I mean, it just established Gloria as a, a mother first above anything else. No, totally, totally agree. Yeah, I really like that part of it because I thought Alita was going to get her to go someplace and, and she didn't. She didn't go to her, and she, you know. No, and I think you're right, because, like, you know, apologizing to this woman, even if she finds her person distasteful, which I don't know if I got that from, I mean, Alita is just an awful person, so I she totally is. buy, and I don't yeah. even know that she is transphobic, she's opportunistically, again, stirring up the shit, uh-huh. but Gloria, you know, being the bigger person, like, look, I, you know, whatever, uh, getting my son here is the most important thing, I, I, I like that a, mm-hmm. a lot. Um, the Normaites are now meeting in the pirate lady's cubicle, which to her great annoyance, because she's trying to settle into the newest installment of the Rod Cocker space opera. And <laughs> she's only got 30 minutes for, she got to pass it off. And I think she kind of maybe wanted some old lady alone time. Yeah. I, I imagine she did. Um, she was upset about, um, what's it, what's her name? Having her hand on her side of the yeah, who bunk. was it that had the? It's I think it's the woman who has the burn, and I can't. Oh, in, um, yeah, I want to. It's not Norma. Um, Gina. Gina. Yeah. yeah so, so if that was irritating her, and her real goal was to have alone time, special alone time. Uh huh. I just imagine how irritated she must have been. She's like, <laughs> isn't it? The, the, the they got doors in the bathroom stalls now. Like this with the new regime, they pointed out it's like I feel like that that's where you want to take the the Rod Cocker trilogy if that's yeah. what you want to do. No, I I don't I don't <laughs> I can't respond to that one, Aaron. Sorry. Uh, so Leanne continues to want this religion to be taken more official, uh, but a lot of a lot of people, especially Pusey at the at the at the lead, are grumbling about the way she treated Soso and mm-hmm. how exclusionary, and and even Norma uh, is horrified to hear that this is going down in her name, and she tries to set her straight. 
which leads us to another Leanne's uh, flashback where she's in a deal to stay out of prison. She is going to uh, turn informant uh, and 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 wear a wire for the cops to try to get this Rumspringer drug cartel brought down. Um, you know, and I, like I said, I, I continue to be surpri- so pleasantly surprised by the way they handled this storyline because I thought that they got a lot of the Amish stuff mostly right and also that there was a lot of surprises. Like, you think that the thing that's going to go wrong is that she is just going to be a terrible informant and that she's going to be outed and, you know, maybe even in personal danger. But instead, she's really successful and that's its own problem. So, right. Yeah, I, I I thought this this was something that I was kind of like, oh, boy, this will be interesting and and turned out to be actually interesting. Yeah, they played it well. The actress did a really good job of um, portraying the fact that she I felt I believed her when she said they're going to know they're going to know I've been baptized. Um, sure. Kind of had this wide eyed look. Gonna smell the Holy Spirit on me. <laughs> the Holy right, Spirit it stank. stank. Yeah, it's that stank on her. Yeah, <laughs> I, I thought she did a really nice job with that. I agree. It was well done. Although, uh, how did she really get arrested? Like, what was the the drop that made her actually go to so prison? I guess that 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 Rainbow Kitty. Uh, I'm gonna come up with a different piece of pop culture. Her Hello Kitty thing. Um, I got Care Bears, My Little Pony. Yeah, I put it Hello in Care Kitty. Bears. But keep going. Maybe like maybe I'll go Smurf next. These. But but her her Smurf backpack had her ID and a large quantity of drugs, which we did see when she's putting away her worldly clothes. She also had all those tints of. I don't know, cocaine, I guess. Yeah, meth. I got that part, but I thought because she was going to be an informant, she was not going to have to go to prison. Yes, yes, that's true. Right? Yeah, but so she then doesn't. Is it because she left? Well, that's the thing. We don't actually, we don't actually, that's the thing. We don't actually know exactly what led her to prison. We, okay. We okay. thought we were going to. Yes, um, and okay. I think we're left to assume that she's going to fall back into, dr- kind of like Boo. Like you can mm-hmm. see. The seat, like, okay, Boo's a bookie, and she's, you know, running numbers, and like, okay, that can, like, it's it's not a smoking gun, but you can kind of see the trajectory and, and reason that, okay, yeah, this is how this person got into prison. Okay. Which they might, I don't know. I mean, see, they're doing a season four. Maybe we'll get the actual uh, full Leanne story in season four. Or maybe. I, I just missed it. So I was, I'm okay. still with everybody. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Um, so Ruby Rose is naked. That's a she thing. Sure was. Uh, Piper is struggling. She she's uh, f- for the first time I've seen the, 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 in a drama I've seen a woman struggling to make eye contact with another woman. Uh, this is something that uh, you know uh, men and I'm I'm sure lesbians have struggled with from time immemorial. But uh, <laughs> it was interesting to see Piper ha- have the struggle and it was real. Yeah, I mean, not only was she. But naked, but she's got all those tattoos, so it's hard to not want to yeah, look at everything. It's a visual it's feast. She, yeah, yeah. She's got beautiful colored artwork all over her body, and she she's is strikingly got, beautiful. Like she's stunning. She has no ass, but she's got beautiful yep, boobs. Yep, uh-huh. and and her face is just uh, yeah. just Perfection. chiseled. Yeah, uh-huh. she's gorgeous, and it's to the point where I forgot what her character's name was because I just call her Ruby Rose. So Same I, here. I have all these notes. It's like, what is her character's name? Same here. It's Stella. Stella Carlin. Ah, well, she's always going to be Ruby Rose to me. Oh yeah. She's uh, <laughs> um. So yeah, they're they're kind of flirting via the 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 business. Uh, they continue to do that throughout this episode. Uh, next scene out in on uh, groundskeeping detail. Lolly trips and falls into a window, which breaks it. 
And suddenly we have a Breaking Bad situation with Alex as Walter White and Lolly as Crazy Eight because no, there is facts. a big big piece of glass on the ground that's conspicuously missing once uh, uh, Alex turns her, her back on, on Lolly. So, uh-oh, there's a murder weapon in play now. Completely uh-oh. Um, if I, I I would be taking odds right now whether Alex makes it out of the season, except for I've seen the whole season, so it'd be cheating. But what you yeah. you have not, I have not. Do you think that Alex is going to be brutally murdered by in by some kind of prison hit job, um, before the end of the season? What's what's your odds on that? I um, as much as I would like to see Alex disappear from this series, right? I I don't think she's going to be brutally murdered. And I say that because I am still thinking of Orange is a New Black as not being very dark. However, this the end of this episode is getting dark. And sure. so, like I said, I don't know what's going to happen the next few up episodes. So right now I would say no to brutal murder. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's where I am. I'm well, putting I, my stake in the ground. I'll say that, like, I find – for some reason I find inmates um, – in uh, CO and inmate sexual misconduct plausible just because we've seen it so much already. Mm-hmm. And also they've made it a big point about these guys kind of being sketchy characters anyway, and they're mm-hmm. poorly trained. Sure. So like, so it's, if you had professional CEOs doing this kind of bullshit, uh, then, then unprofessional donut sell, I get that buy that in a lot more, uh, realistic way than I buy, someone doing a hit on a woman in the minimum security prison, especially right. like using a deep undercover sleeper agent. And it just, I don't know. I, I thought this plot was stupid. So yeah, but you do remind me that Lolly is a hardened prisoner and we met her in was that she? other facility. Molest me daddy voice is a hardened prisoner. Is no, she? Remember, <laughs> remember we met her in that other place in Chicago, right? Where it yeah, was not, but I, I never, they were not minimum security there. No, it? no, that's true. That's true. She was in a no shit prison, but I just no don't shit. know that she was a no shit prisoner. Yeah, well, she's nuts. She's she did get her ass beat by 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 people for math. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe she's crazy. She's scrappier than I'm giving her credit for. Uh, Norma has sent Leanne as her apostle to talk to Soso into coming back. <laughs> and I actually thought Leanne did a really good job of trying to level with her about like, look, I'm all about the rules and structure because I come from a religion that everyone makes fun of and no one understands, and this is like dredging up a lot of uncomfortable memories. And fucking Soso. Cannot help but be, but I mean, the, the lack of self awareness on this girl is so fucking annoying that I cannot, like, I find it impossible to feel sorry for you as the lonely Asian that can't even fit in with the other lonely Asian when you say this bunch of insensitive shit when someone is trying to be emotionally real with you. Fuck you, Soso. Fuck yeah. you. You kind of deserve it. Like Leanne came, she, Leanne comes from some bumfuck Amish congregation, and she's clearly not classically educated, and she's got a drug problem. What's your excuse for being an asshole? Like, yeah, maybe she's, she's yeah young and unaware, and perhaps the privilege that she has makes her um, come across that way. I just love that you get so passionate about hating characters on this show. <laughs> It's one of my favorite things about podcasting with you. Good because it's yeah. like you know uh, I don't I don't often get to indulge it, and I I like every I li- really like everybody else. It's Piper, Alex, and Soso that, and I even find myself kind of liking Soso from time to time. But then she does this shit, which again, being young and unaware and privileged, not g- engendering sympathy for me. Yeah, when no, you look I at get these, it. What these completely. other girls come through, 
I completely understand all of that, and I um, I'm very sympathetic to So So, even though she can't commit 100 percent to being Asian. Uh-huh. I'm you know 50 percent supportive of her, um, <laughs> but I I like the character because I think that. She's still in that point of I I don't belong here. I'm trying to belong here. How do you belong here? Like, what's that transition from the outside world into prison? Like, what does that look like? And and the core of human survival. She talks about it. She's like, we're lonely. We need something. She's I I don't know. I like that part of her. You're right. She was a complete bitch in this scene. I mean, she's she's all the time saying I want to relate to people and I want to be their friend. And when this person comes up and genuinely open heartedly and honest and doesn't want to be there anyway, and you denigrate these deeply held beliefs about them, and then have the temerity be like, oh my god, you're being offended, ha ha ha. This oh, I'm so like, just get the fuck out of here with this shit. <laughs> I I think she's intentionally being written to be kind of hateable. But I don't know how that's serving this particular character or plot. Mm-hmm. Well, because, she's doing it well because you hate you hate you some so so. Yeah, I, I if I I don't know. I guess if Angie can't or if Leanne gave a sincere apology and they made up, then there'd be no more dramatic tension. But yeah. I I thought it would be more interesting if they're I don't know a little bit more clever way for them to have friction than so so just being completely obtuse. I don't know. No, I like that it gives Leanne something to anchor her um, commitment to yeah. wanting to have structure. I think it gives her even more cause to be, you know, put her foot down and say, no, we need something here. It needs to be more structured. Yeah. So. Uh, so then we move to another Leanne flashback, which involves her being and her entire family being shunned because of her successful sting to put all of these other people's children on Rumspringa in jail. And this is the one thing I thought I don't know that I buy a, as a genuine Amish reaction. I think the elders would be much more reap what they sow. Mm. Um, like you might have one or two individual pockets of resentment because, you know, people are, you know, even if you're in a weird cult, you're still human. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But like for it to be like the whole community throwing their weight behind the shunning felt a little bit writerly to me but you know most people (laughs) probably don't have that opinion of the amish so uh anyway um it does uh lead to her overhearing her parents fighting that it's it's not just about her being shunned it's her whole family like you know because amish are all interconnected with their business dealings and their community dealings that you know her father's worrying about them having a home and food and money because their business is drying up so serious consequences coming from her being a very successful informants right and then she takes off right yeah like it's another scene but yeah she does she does she's she's trying to um be the sacrificial lamb i guess Mm -hmm. um pensatucky levels with coats about discretion and boundaries and kind of like softens the blow she had earlier which he seems to perk right back up because he does seem to enjoy they do seem to enjoy each other's company at this point yeah i just said you know where are they going with that Uh so he's He's the naive CEO and she's the the hardened prisoner trying to let him know what the culture is inside prison. And this is how we have to act when uh-huh. we're here. Um, I thought that was good. But the power switches, you know, as we move in with this episode. So, yeah, uh, we go back to the cafeteria and the girls are on the Hebrew list no more. They're not on the kosher <laughs> list, even with Tasty working her black, her Drake black Jewish mafia angle. Can you believe it? <laughs> That was so funny. Uh, indeed, Sister Ingalls did pass for a Jew, noting that all the Abrahamic religions are kind of mostly the same until you get to Jesus, which, yeah. <laughs> true enough, true enough. 
Um, and Black Cindy declares her intent to convert for real because she gots to get that broccoli, that crisp broccoli back. Which I don't blame her. I don't blame yeah. her seeing what they're eating now. Yeah. Um, moving on, Suzanne has got writer's block and a new inmate who I, I don't even know we are supposed to know her name because I keep no. trying to get a glance at her badge and no. I've, I freeze framed it and I couldn't quite make it out, but she is the, uh, polymorphously perverse one. I'm going to call yeah. it a double P and okay. until, until we, we get a name for her. Uh, oh, I was calling her obsessive lesbian, but I like I like P squared better. All right, P squared even better. Yeah. So P squared right. is is talking about how she really feels connected to this character who is polymorphically perverse and it's very sexual. And I'm thinking from the whole you know Suzanne's whole dandelion history that she's going to eat this <laughs> shit up. And said she bolts. Yeah. She bolts like a yeah. newborn baby deer. And I thought, oh, this is interesting. Yeah, this mirror was put up to Suzanne's face, and she's like, "This is scary." Yeah, she was. Uh, she was more of a theoretical aggressive butch lesbian <laughs> than a real life one because she's 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 running away from this opportunity. Yeah, P squared was right up in her personal space too. I mean, mm-hmm. she was very close to Suzanne, and Suzanne is the same way. That's really interesting that you point that out. Yeah. We don't well, know where, where peace square is going exactly. You know, it's like the 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 theoret, theor, theoretical polymorphically perverse sex is is less intimidating than when it's actually sprung on you. Maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, Piper with Cal. I did, did my exception to the Piper hate is when Cal stops by because I think <laughs> Cal is pretty fantastic, and they sold out their panties overnight. And I also related to this aspect of like there's all these positive reviews, but it's a negative reviews that always stick with you. Mm-hmm. One of the many reasons why I've stopped reading iTunes reviews, um, although I continue to appreciate you guys leaving them because it really does drive traffic to us. It's the number one thing you can do. It's just oh, I see a one star review and I lose my shit for 24 hours. So I just I just the gym cut me off. He says I can't. He doesn't allow me to do it anymore. Oh, really? So you can, you discipline yourself and you don't read them anymore? Yeah, no, I I do because like it's just you obsess over the the one star unfair reviews more than you enjoy the people saying very thoughtful kind things. Yes, well, I would like the listeners to continue to leave five star reviews on this podcast because it does drive traffic. No, totally. Um, it's like and- I said, it's it's a great way to support us. Just know mm-hmm. that I will never read it because <laughs> I'm protecting myself. I, I try to read them every other week when when they pop up. But I will say the nice thing about this scene is that we are all fans of various podcasts and materials. And regardless how big the stars are, uh-huh. everybody gets obsessed with the negative ones. Whether yeah, you're Chris Hardwick no. or Adam Carolla or Aisha Tyler, they all say, yeah, those are fucked up. So don't read them because you do obsess over the one star reviews or the negative feedback. Yeah. So it's I- funny. I thought that was – it was good. A nice little nod to sort of right. modern times with For- this – talking about the stank panty business and, and how successful it's going. So. Right. And for like, you know, that's the thing, like Gabe Newell, the CEO of valve software, he's like got this philosophy that like he reads all the negative stuff because he doesn't take it personally because they're just data points and you get enough data points like, Hey, we need to do a better job. And, and I agree with that. And, and I do pay attention to that because people send us critical feedback through email and I do read that stuff. And mm-hmm. I do like, you know, it's like, okay, like if one person says something, well, maybe that's just one person with their opinion. But you get three or four people, 
you know, especially ones that have been with us for a long time saying that, hey, I'm disappointed about then that stuff, you know, you're just like, okay, well, we need to start paying attention to that. But sure. Yeah, I can do that in my day job, but I do have a hard time getting feedback that's negative if it's something on my blog or or one of the podcasts that I'm, you know, uh, freelancing on. I I get it. It's too, this is so personal because this is just you and it's not like on behalf of a major car (laughs) manufacturer. I'm going to do, you know, yeah, I get it. Indeed. I get it. I get it. Uh, so yeah, they, um, people want weird shit. They want, uh, they want murder <laughs> panties. They want Samoan girls with really big feet, AKA the big sister from Lilo and stitch fetish. Uh, there, there, there's a lot of specific tastes there. They need to be catered to. And, and Piper's starting to think about the possibilities of how much money they could make here. Uh, Sophia talks to Michael on the phone and quickly finds out that it's not Benny. That's a bad influence. Benny is the good kid in this situation. Her son seems to be like we already talked about this. He's getting kind of reactionarily homophobic and he's he's getting very tough um, as a as a way to ward off uh, probably criticism uh, of, of his family. And it's it's sad. It's sad to see. Yeah. Some kids just turn out to be assholes when they hit that stage for life. Sure. Um, but uh, yeah, so. Things then get really weird with Doggett and Coates with this mm. duck and dog relationship. And yeah. I, I thought it's like, are they going with like this, you know, like I said, it's 50 shades of orange is the new black with <laughs> like, is she actually digging this? Cause she kind of seemed to, but then when he went to go kiss her, she really, it became clear that no, she's not comfortable at all with, with where these um, no longer fun uh, duck feeding sessions are going. Yeah, she went willingly to go on her hands and knees and act like a dog. That part made me nervous because I thought she's actually seems to be doing this completely willingly because she came back and she's you know. I mean, people like do weird. People was, do weird shit. Yeah, that's cool, but there, that's you know, if that's your fetish and that's what you're into, you you know, your kink is your kink. But this yes. was not a sexual situation no. in my mind. I mean, that's this like. Was, e- People kicking it, hanging out, and getting away from reality for a minute. Yeah. But then it got really I like my note is like, oh no, don't rape her. Like that's really yeah. what I thought was going to happen. And and you know that's the thing. Like, it's a weird situation because even if she's totally into it, as they've established, that legally prisoners can't give consent to anything. Right. Which right. makes there's a lot of really good reasons for that. Um. So even before they made it clear that she was uncomfortable with it, I was already uncomfortable just from an institutional basis. But then mm-hmm. when she was not like having fun, oh yeah, it was, it's uh bad, bad news, bad news. It looks like. Yeah. And the weird thing is that he starts to kiss her and sort of feel her up. And then all of a sudden he stops abruptly and he's like, Oh yeah. Right. Boundaries. Right. And so it's a sort of, it's so like, it's not consistent. You don't know what to expect from him. And he's and like, I, that's, yeah. they're setting it up. Yeah. And yeah. he's taking the wrong, he's applying the wrong lesson and the wrong, like that, that's the thing is that he doesn't seem to have any kind of awareness on how this is making her feel. It's more like, Oh yeah, you said boundaries and yeah. So this, yeah, so let's go back. It was very abrupt. And I just thought, Oh God, this is terrifying me. I'm now. very curious to see how she handles this because it's a, you know, the other reason that prisoners can't give consent is, uh, what what do they do? 
Yeah, like, is she right. going to go and inform and get this guy fired? Is there going to be what if they don't believe her and there's blowback? And, you know, prisoners are already used to being in this kind of one down situation in society where it's like, well, it's it's your word as a felon against the CEO. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. it's and fucked complicated. up. Yeah, you complicate it with gender issues on top of all of that. Indeed. Right? So you've got power. A lot di- of dynamics going on. Lots are... of power dynamics all stacked on top of each other. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, So-so is alone, but she engineered this situation for herself. So, uh, oh, actually, I skipped the scene, which is Leanne kind of lies to So-so or to Norma about So-so and and her like, you know, I I say kind of because she she did make a heartfelt attempt to bring her back that I thought So-so sabotaged. So but it does lead to the final norm, um, not Norma, Leanne flashback of her leaving her family to spare them of their ostracism. Mm-hmm. Uh, she leaves in the middle of the night. So, again, not sure how she ended up in prison, but this is not a good trajectory for uh, a, an Amish, a young Amish person to be on, I don't think. Yeah, she must have just gone back to her friends and... Well, they're all in prison, because that's the other thing Were is... Were they all in prison? I, well, but I'm thinking that the situation is now she's a per- she's a woman without a country, because even if she goes back to her friends, like the ones that are not in prison are going to be pretty salty about her... You know, since everyone knows that she did it, they're going to be pretty salty about her coming back and wanting to plug back into that group. She can't go yeah. back to her Amish group, so she's probably going to have to hang out with the dregs of society. Yeah, you know? or maybe the deal was that she had to stay with her family, and so once she left, that deal was was null. Uh, that could, could be. be it, right? I mean, but I'm thinking like look. she could. Like, where's she going to go? I mean, I'm thinking she's going to be kicking it with like bubs from the wire, and that's not a good situation. <laughs> that's that's going to end in end up with you being beat killed or in jail and she got the probably best situation of those three possibilities yeah so how far is baltimore from pennsylvania could she have made it there could she have gone into like cuddy's boxing gym or something could be cuddy could have saved her if anyone could have if anyone by the way i saw your dad this weekend did he did you how's he doing He's doing well. He's recovered he, from uh, his subway incident. Oh God, yeah. He he looks like he's put on a little extra poundage, so he's a little thicker looking. A little bit more cuddly. A little more cuddy, cuddly. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um. But he was good. Uh, he was in good spirits. He was really gracious with my daughter and took a photo with her without us having to pay the sixty dollars that people charge sometimes. He is a he's a he's a sweetheart. I think he's a good guy. Okay, so we you, you bring up the wire, and then we have to talk about. Your dad. I'm never going to just get in the way of anyone talking about The Wire on a Bald Move podcast. Heaven, yeah, it's all your forbid. fault that I binged that for the three weeks that I did. You're you welcome. You are oh, welcome. So good. And then Jim got me to watch Breaking Bad, and you know my yeah. life has changed forever. Thank there you, you Bald go. Move. Bald Move, changing lives. Uh, <laughs> Gloria levels with Red uh, and says, look, you need to stop the sulking shit. You're making the food taste worse. If anything, you need to move the fuck on, which Red acknowledges. You know what? That's what I needed to hear. And I'm like really hoping at this point, yes, come on, freaky prison goulash. I want to see her make yeah. something out of this. Top chef, let's bring it. Like, that mystery bag is going to become a gourmet meal. Although the other thing I got is maybe this is going to – she's going to go back. You know, She resolved earlier this season to stay, keep her nose clean. But maybe in lieu of finding her purpose in food, she will get her black market thing uh, spun back up and that's going to kind of bring her family back into the story. Those are the two possibilities going through my mind. 
Yeah, and is the greenhouse completely destroyed? Are they still growing anything? I, I mean, they're doing. They're definitely growing stuff, but <laughs> they are. You know, they cemented up that thing. Of course, you know how hard is it to bust up cement? You know, I saw Andy Dufresne do it in uh, <laughs> the Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> like, surely it's not going to take seventeen years and God knows how many Rita Hayworth posters to do that little concrete job that they mixed up in prison. I mean, right. Right. A couple or, or weeks, a couple yeah. weeks, an Admiral Rodcocker po- poster, probably one. That'll do it. Okay. Um, let's see. Well, is she only growing roses now? Are there no longer vegetables growing? I think that they had crops. I think okay, that they good. had they had crops. For, well, for I believe that that's going to come into play. Because the, 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 the octopus pirate lady was talking about farming out the cornfield for people wanting to have sex in prison. So. Oh, yes. Because that's the cornjigal visit, as I like to call it. Whoa. Thank you. Shh. Yeah, yeah nothing you, you can count on for bold moves, bad puns. No, I like it. That's funny. Uh, Sophia shows up and presumably to apologize, but she doesn't seem to get around to do it. And I don't know why, because it was interesting because Gloria was all but ready to apologize. Sophia needs to apologize, but for some reason she rolls up and, and Gloria fixed her with that bitch gaze. And she's like, nope. And is it just that she didn't like the look on her face and couldn't stomach swallowing her pride? Or you got a you got another an angle of analysis here for me? No, I really think it is saving face. I think that uh, Sophia didn't want to admit that she was wrong. I think that uh, she just her pride got in the way. I think you're exactly right. I think that's what happened. It's interesting because I love Sophia from the beginning, but she's had a lot of several not so good looks this season. The advice she gave to her son about taking advantage of insecure girls, I thought was horrifying. And then it seemed to kind of like, you know, bite her in the ass. And then this attitude she has with Gloria, it's like another Gingy Cohen double, triple reverse secret character assassination going on here or what? But, you know, or just is it? not knowing any better so she it's sort of unintentional if it was just between them but this is about their kids and i feel like sophia would not put another mother slash father through what she's putting gloria through knowing that like uh, oh look i found out my kid it's his bad and benny actually was the guy trying to do right knowing that such i don't feel like that's authentic to her character but well, people do bad, you know, people do questionably ethic and ethically things. They're not always nice to each other. Yeah. And another way to think about it, I, I hadn't thought of this until now, but maybe it's, you know, she's spending all that she spent all this time, energy, money to become this woman. Right. So she's transgender woman now. And so there's this front that she has yeah. this facade that she's been living with her whole life. Maybe this would be a big chink in who she is if she admits that she was wrong. And she admits that her, quote unquote, perfect life of raising this wonderful young man is not her reality. You know, Mm. maybe it's just all that combination of of having to put on a front for her entire life. She doesn't want to give that up. Right. And also the consequences that, you know, like I'm leaving my authentic life is having consequences on my child, possibly, which is tough. I mean, that's. Uh, you know, it's been hard for me to deal with because, you know, I, I left a cult that, you know, my son was born into and he's kind of mm-hmm. stuck into it a little bit. And he's had a lot of hard feelings about like, you know, why did you guys get divorced and why do I have to put up with this thing? And it's like, you know, well, one one answer um is that I 
I wanted to be, I want to live my own life and I was tired of this stuff. And, and you're having to go through this particular type of pain so that potentially you can have a better life in the future. It's like, that's a hard thing. And I can't even begin to articulate that because, you know, yeah, that's not, he's, young. he's yeah. too young to understand those things. Yeah, so it's, yeah. it's just kind of a, a you know, it, it's, it, but it's, that's been the hardest thing is seeing him face consequences because of the decision I made for my own life. Um, mm-hmm. I can imagine that being a transgendered woman um, and, you know, her suspecting that some of that has to do, that's got to be tough too. Cause if we, yeah. to be the person I want to be, I'm, I'm, I'm having, I don't know to what extent they are, but I'm having some negative effects on my child. That's got to be hard to deal with. Right. And she's trying so hard to be a good parent. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that's got to be part of it. Um, and she's, she's acting it well, right? You buy into everything that she's going through. It's sort of, you can see the subtle change in her coming into like share the news. And then all of a sudden she switches and says, Oh, fuck that. I'm I'm not going to tell her anything. I thought she did a nice job acting those two emotions out. No, no, I, I deal. Uh, I, uh, totally, totally, um, agree. Um, so Alex is reading the Quran I know. Which you'll recall what? is one of the only books that didn't get burned at the library because because oh. <laughs> the CEOs were like, I yeah, I'm not touching that. Which <laughs> I kind of feel like as I I like the Quran's kind of like the the flag that there are ways that um is is fine. Like I I think you can bury them like a w- old worn out Qurans and and I know that you can burn old worn out Qurans if it's like done with a certain amount of respect or maybe by an iman. But, mm. you know, they're like, fuck that. I ain't touching with the 10 foot pole. So as a result, <laughs> I thought it was a nice nod that she's she's. And also, I think there's the undercurrent of some of the prisoners wanting to to pick up halal. So uh-huh. like the people are, bo- you know, trying to preemptively bone up on their uh, the Quran. I don't know. I thought I thought it was kind of a funny little nod to all those storylines. Yeah, I I that's the first thing I thought of. It's like, why is she reading the Quran? And I'm like, oh, this is just the religion episode, and let's make sure that we have the diversity of religions. Sure. I didn't. I forgot about the whole thing that I'm not burning that one. I forgot about that, so that's good. Um, but yeah, she she takes a moment of Lolly leaving her cubicle to spy on her, and of course, she finds her crazy journal that seems to confirm all the worst fears of her following her and being suspicious of her, and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, like the private investigator notes, and she's going to report back to somebody. And and she's got now make your move, which now we know she has a means, a motive, and an opportunity, and a weapon. She's got the Walter White Memorial ceramic plate window weapon that she she's does. going to she's going to start uh, stab. Or or is it just that she has a big crush on Alex, and she's going to make a move that way? <laughs> You know, like, yeah, sure. I hear gla- jagged glass dildos are all the rage. And, <laughs> I wasn't and... <laughs> going there, but just, um, you know, maybe the glass has some other use. Mm. But uh, anyhow. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, her, her kink is cutting. So that's that's what's going to be. Um, so Piper and Ruby are flirting over their panty business again. And Piper is unsure if Ruby is into her because she's a fucking idiot. Uh, so Ruby just full on kisses her. And of course, Piper's even more confused because... Again, she's an idiot with a high school's schooler's sense of how the world and relationships work. And Jesus, gross. Um, I know, Jesus, gross. Like, so how do you, you're a big fan of the the, the R squared. Mm-hmm. We got the P squared and the R squared. Uh, you're a big fan of her. How thrilled are you to see her being paired up with Piper instead of the more infinitely more, I mean, like, Pusey's lonely. 
Yep. Jose is beautiful and talented. And, and, and openly lesbian. And openly lesbian and intelligent. And why I would have loved to see that pairing. But instead, she's stuck with the most bland, stupid character on the whole show. It's significantly decreasing my enjoyment of the possibilities of this character. Yeah, I... um I Ruby Rose is stunning, and I love that she's very sort of... Um, she presents as sort of gender neutral in real life. She's just... Uh, amazingly stunning and i guess she was a vj i don't know any of that stuff that's the thing i don't know i i've heard everyone's going like losing their shit about ruby rose i don't know anything about her other than she Mm -hmm. looks like a more feminine version of uh justin bieber and she is you can't get more feminine than justin bieber (laughs) come on aaron have you seen his calvin klein's potentially (laughs) photoshopped shots he's pretty he's he's pretty butch nowadays but you know, uh, she's beautiful in that same like kind of flawless androgynous way that mm-hmm. he is. Um, <laughs> but that's all literally all I know. I mean, she could be a Calvin Klein model for all I know, and um, they haven't really given her much to do except for to look cool, which she no, does. She hasn't done much in the show. She hasn't acted much. It's been very one note with her. Um, you know, like she has no ass. I the the naked <laughs> body part, I didn't like that at all. She's got beautiful artwork on her. I Why think did it bother you? Think... Was it just um, kind of too uh, not exploitative? I don't want to say that. Just too uh, gratuitous. Mm, I think it was. Were you just more disappointed hyper- that the ass was flat? What what's what's? <laughs> I'm trying to get to the core here. No, I have enough ass for anyone in a relationship, so I'm fine there. <laughs> okay, uh, I think you can it was share really more. Piper's re- reaction to it. I love that Stella was just sitting there confident. She's like, look, these towels scratch my skin. I'm air drying. I have my reasons for it. And she's just completely comfortable with who mm-hmm. she was. I thought that established part of her character. Mm-hmm. I guess I just didn't like the Piper thing. Like, yeah. come on, you've got all the same bits that she does. Get yeah. over it. No, but I mean, yeah, that's hmm, interesting. Huh. Yeah, I, I did... I never I've actually never thought about that in terms of homosexual relationships that you're essentially yeah they're all the same they're all all the same parts and although as a heterosexual male I gotta say I never get tired of looking at boobies no like I've seen every type I've surely at this point seen every type of permutation of boobs but if if you ask me do you want to see another set I will always say yes so yes yes, Uh yeah so I guess maybe yeah I, I don't know there's something just Piper just doesn't have chemistry with anyone. Like no, I don't. She doesn't. I've I never bought like any. Of, I've never bought her chemistry with anyone, and which no. may be part of the point that she is this, you know, featureless thing that we can kind of like build all these other arcs that rotate around. That you know, but when she has to carry a central plot, it's always the downfall. And but you know, I'm like I'm entertained by the panty thing. Honestly, I thought it's a good direction to take <laughs> her, um, and I, I like seeing, but. You know, anytime like she has to give get up on a picnic table and give a ridiculous speech, or she's got to emote with Ruby Rose, it just doesn't work for me. No, and I love that Ruby Rose is sort of, you know, this business hustling Buddhist. She so here's another religion that's sure. brought into this yeah, conversation. Got, got the I Eastern like that part of it. Now. Yeah, yeah, I like the fact that she's sort of doing the math and sort of it's she's a hustler, and I respect that. Like mm-hmm. there's her skill. Um, and then as they're sitting there facing each other, I'm like, oh, God, they're going to fucking kiss. Don't do it, Ruby Rose. Don't mm-hmm. do it. Um, yeah, a lot less hot for Ruby Rose after that scene. <laughs> the Ruby Rose, she, is, is the, the, the rose has fallen off the bloom. Or yeah. Shit, I fucked up the reference. 
the bloom has fallen off the rose or whatever. The bloom has fallen off the ruby rose. Nothing but thorns now. Yeah. It's Although sad. she's a high um high fashion model, just FYI. If anyone looks at her really? Instagram account, uh she does some amazing she's just stunning. You can't take a bad photograph of that woman. Um and she did a ton of stuff during Pride last month or yeah, last month and I don't know. She was she's fantastic. I'm you know, I'm a huge ally for the LGBT community and I feel like she's this iconic um person in the community now and really garnering a lot of support for this idea of being sort of gender queer and yeah. um, mm-hmm. a strong woman and you know there's all these articles about her right now about why she didn't transition and have surgery i'm like come on she can just be who she is she wants to dress the way she wants to dress she wants to present the way she wants to present that's sort of this new generation of the lgbt community and she's a strong woman so she's yeah. standing on strong so it is um you know there's that's the thing like the I've done a lot of learning in the last 12 to 18 months about what's going on to transgender community. Cause that's always been kind of like, you know, I don't, you know, it's kind of like, uh, like I, I get what it's like. I think I get homosexuality. Um, I have a harder time like getting bisexuality. Cause it's like, those seem to be two totally different things that like, if you could like equally, but I've tried to like get my head around that. And the transgender has been hard to understand as well, but it seems like, there is more and more stuff in the media and there's like, you know, shows like transparent that are trying to articulate, you know, all the different, and that's the other thing, like things aren't very black and white with human sexuality and gender, like not even people are so-called normal. Like if you really got down to brass tacks and, 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 and identified like almost no one feels about being masculine and feminine and male or female exactly the same ways. And now we're just finding how fine these hairs you can split between them. And, you know, you can be a man, uh, feel like a man and still have a woman's body and, and not want to change your genitalia. And that's fine. And, you know, um, but it's, it's been, I've had to do a lot of just shutting my mouth and, and hearing people talk and, uh, yeah, watching stuff like Gordon's and new black and television as, as, you know, kind of like, has changed my viewpoint in a lot of the same way, like the wire changed the way I looked at the war on drugs and some mm. of the class uh, warfare and, and, and some of the social class issues that we see in this country. Like I had a very strong feelings about that. And then, you know, through the medium of entertainment, you can kind of become enlightened or at least more curious and find out more. Yeah. So I guess we're saying that Orange is the New Black is a good show because – it's allowing people to broaden their thinking. Yeah, it does challenge you. And I think I don't think that you have to like approach it from that way. But I think that like even if you approach it from a, just a purely entertainment, not take it too seriously, that you can't help but have your mind pried open just a little bit if you keep watching, you know, because yeah, there's so, so many diverse backgrounds and, and cultures and, and ways of doing things that are very compassionately displayed that, you know, it's pretty effortlessly right. intersectional. Yeah, even if you don't think about this as prison culture and just think of it as culture. Uh, it really does teach you a lot about human nature and, and um, why we act the way we act and how that plays out See, in that's any the, community. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, like the thing, the prison aspect was interesting because it forces these people who otherwise would not probably mix to, to mix. And that's, right. you know, I mean, 
most of this uncomfortableness with other people's lives comes down to fear of the other, which is this evolutionarily hardwired thing into our psyche mm-hmm. that served its purpose well and good for 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 thousands of years. And now right. it's like we're trying to share this planet and it's biting us in the ass. But really, if we're, you know, instead of going to our corners and kind of staying in our own little isolated silos of thought, if we actually circulated and see that, like, you know, people are still people, even if they're weird or different or they don't do everything, you know, you, you can't. Think- yeah, because you can't help but be compassionate that 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 the best thing, the best cure for the fear of the other is the getting to know the other and realize that they're not that different. Right. I mean, I think Jesus, this know, is turned into after school episode. <laughs> <laughs> a very special episode of Orange is the New Cast. Exactly. Uh, no, I mean, I think that's that's I talk about this on the Because Show is just living life all in and being open to whatever, like being open to understanding that your journey is different from my journey and they're both just as valuable. And that's sort of what this show is showing is that they're all prisoners. So that's something they have in common mm-hmm. and they all come from different backgrounds and they have different experiences and why they're there. And so the tension, the comedy, the drama that happens is that's life, yeah. right? This microcosm of life inside Litchfield. So anyhow, um, good podcast. Any other last minute thoughts there, Pilani? Uh, you want to tell people where they can find you elsewhere? Sure. Um, you know, hopefully I will continue to be a guest on the Because Show, which is a Bald Move podcast. So I hope that you guys will find us on the Facebook feed there. Um, I do have a blog called Diversity Nerd. I'm hoping that I'll be on there talking about some of the stuff that I did at Comic-Con and at Walker Stalker Con. So you can look for me there on diversitynerd.wordpress.com. And um, I just want to say my last note about this episode is don't kiss her, Ruby Rose. Damn it. (laughs) Stay away from the piper. (laughs) <laughs> Stay away from the pipes. Nothing good comes from those yeah. pipes. Those are dirty Thanks. pipes. Dirty pipes. Dirty, yeah. contaminated Thanks. pipes. Thanks for getting up early uh, and starting your day a little bit earlier than usual. I'm going to get on a flight to JFK. So, well, have fun. Um, have fun with this. that. Battling the the con crud with a trans transcontinental flight. That's that'll be good. <laughs> That's my life. <laughs> just That's say life. just just maybe you know be safe. Say ten hail normas. And yes. and ward off any of those 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 bad. Get, print out a picture of her. And... I have my Asian buckets ready actually to put my feet in <laughs> the, them. I think they'll let you like if it's an Asian tea foot bucket, they'll 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 waive the three ounce rule, and you can bring those buckets on the plane and soak it for the whole flight. You'll be okay. Okay, good. And I have some hot pink panties that I'm going to add to the collection. <laughs> That's a strong that? a strong brew. All right, <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. I All don't right. think I can I can come up with any better uh, outro than that. If you got feedback, send it to orange at baldmove.com. Uh, we will entertain it on future podcasts. And uh, you can follow find all of our releases at baldmove.com. Thanks for being with us for another week. And we will see you again real soon. Bye-bye, everybody.